Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's March 10th, 2019, episode 82. And is it a Rivaderci Antonio Brown? Blockbuster news, somewhat expected, but I'm not sure the ball's landed yet. Well, the Steelers have agreed to a trade with the Oakland Raiders. The Steelers are going to send A.B. over in return for a measly third And fifth round pick. If the trade does end up going through, the Raiders keep all three of their first rounders and their second rounder. And they get A.B. for basically the same price they got Martavis Bryant for last summer. From A ham sandwich. I'll say this, though. Right before we uh, logged on to record this episode, saw a pretty amusing tweet thread here between Steelers reporter Jerry Dulac and then Aditi Kinkabwala of ESPN or NFL Network, I guess you were for. Uh, Jerry Dulac, of course, one of the veteran Steelers beat writers, says, Steelers source emphasizes AB trade is in agreement only, and it is, quote, never over till it's over. Aditi Kinkabwala, another person with a lot of access to the team, quoted that tweet. And she said, I was told exactly the same thing by, the, by a member of the Steelers organization this morning. I don't believe it's the same person who told Jerry that, and it makes it all the more interesting. So there are multiple people in the Steelers organization uh, feeding information to some of the most prominent writers about the team in the country saying, this isn't over yet. And then Dave Damashek, one of our favorite guys, uh, NFL Network uh, host, but also a huge Steelers fan, he basically expressed my exact opinion that I was thinking when he quoted those tweets and said, the Steelers undoing this trade will be an all-time funny move, and I am hereby rooting for it no matter what damage it does. How hilarious would it be if the Steelers did to Antonio Brown with Oakland what Antonio Brown did to the Steelers with the Buffalo Bills? We haven't even had a chance to talk about the Bills trade that allegedly went through a couple days ago and that A.B. nixed. I don't think it's going to happen, but I will be into it. I'm that petty. Well, as you're talking, I'm checking on mybookie.ag to see if they're over and under on that. And that's well, that's where I'd place my bet. I tell you now, I, I would bet that the trade probably will go through because it sounds like. I mean, hey, the Steelers. This hurts so badly from an emotional standpoint. I do need to reiterate that we watch the game because it's fun and it gives us something to do, gives you something to talk about, and it teaches you about life. If you can apply the lessons properly, right? Watching Antonio Brown is so much fun. And now we don't get to watch him anymore. We have to root against him. But on top of that, we get nothing back in return. We get to draft another useless quarterback in the third round, which they surely will do. Is there a bad quarterback out there? We can draft Kevin Colbert wants you. 
Now, we don't have to worry about any defensive players in the third round because those guys, the third round graded defensive players, we draft them in the first round. So they'll be gone already, at least who we want. And then the fifth rounders, that doesn't even count. The chances of a fifth rounder making an impact is slim to none. And I know there's Steelers fans out there going like, oh, Antonio Brown was a sixth rounder. Fitz Williams is a sixth rounder. Okay. Well, I don't hear you naming any of the other guys that we've drafted. How about the long snapper that didn't even make the team? How about all the other sixth rounders in the history of the NFL? The percentage is very low. To me, the fifth rounder is sort of a formality. Maybe they can leverage it to trade up in the fourth round at some point. But Steelers get no value for this guy. And uh, that hurts even more. What, what hurts more, the emotional standpoint or the realization that you basically didn't get anything for this guy? I don't know. Both hurt. Wow, 75-second rant. Well done. I'll have to tone that off to clip that out for our promo piece. That was good. Sorry, everybody. So so the question, um, did we get the significant compensation that Kevin Colbert was talking about, or or was that just a political statement? Purportedly, Antonio Brown will get a three-year contract, good for $50 million. $30 million of it would be guaranteed. Which is basically what we think he was looking for, right? Just a, a bigger guarantee. And does that yeah. make him number one? Yeah. Number one paid? Yeah. So there yeah, we go. He'll be number one. He'll be the number one paid guy for another year. So, he- like I was saying, it hurts to see that we're not even getting value for him. But we've said this all along. You know, the Steelers were never going to get Antonio Brown's actual value, which really is two first rounders, in my opinion. If you got that for Khalil Mack, he's, you know, 27 or whatever younger than AB, but at a position that's going to give out way sooner than him. In my mind, Khalil Mack's got a couple more years as a super dominant force in the NFL before he comes back down to earth. And the same thing I'd say for AB. You were never going to get two first rounders for this guy or a first and a second or whatever you want to say. But there was hope that we could get a second from a team like Oakland, who had an abundance of picks in the top 50 in the draft. But the Steelers and Kevin Colbert may actually have gotten his exact value or the best value that they could get with this third rounder and fifth rounder because Antonio Brown made it his business to sabotage the Pittsburgh Steelers with all of his antics on social media, with calling out the whole, all the players and organizations, making himself a huge headache, never taking a single shred of accountability for doing one single thing wrong. And that's my biggest problem in this is where he doesn't admit a single time that he's ever done anything wrong. And he played this pretty well. I think he spun some of the tiffed with Ben Roethlisberger into a bigger thing than it is. He saw it was, it was making a compelling case. People were coming to his side on ESPN like, oh, Ben must be hard to work with. So and and I and I do think it kind of came down to more what you were talking about. It's like he just wanted he wants to be the highest paid guy. Odell leapfrogged him as as all players do when you become the highest paid. You only have that title for about a year or two. But anyways, him asking for that new contract and him creating all that drama scared everybody off. Nobody was offering higher than a third and a fifth. Otherwise, the Steelers would have taken it. Who knows what happened with Buffalo? So pretty crazy. Chris Sims uh, made a tweet here said power play that AB 84 made is really rare in the NFL. Go rogue on social media. Tell the world you want more money and still get traded and get the terms you want. Make some legendary in the locker room. He really did force the Steelers' hands and and maybe this was all Kevin Colbert can get. And uh, that's why I do think the trade will go through because I find it hard to believe they're going to get a better offer. Well, don't forget, uh, AB put himself in some jeopardy. I mean, that's a that's a lot of roll the dice there for him to to do what he did 
And to scare teams off, it, it thinned the market. Fewer fewer teams were able to that were interested in him because of his antics. So, I mean, this is just he he rolled he rolled snake eyes. There's one team who actually gave him what he wanted. We had they had no we had no leverage, but he could have he could have had to be forced by the Steelers to sit out a year, like back up his retirement talk. If the Steelers would just say no, we're not going to trade you, right? And that's what I would find incredibly hilarious if that ends up happening at the end of this. Cause I hate that he, he's going to Oakland. They're not very good, but they do have so many draft picks. You would think that they can turn it up. Derek Carr did not play well last year, but uh, people don't realize he did play pretty nicely over the second half of the year. And obviously he was an MVP candidate a few years ago, but he got the contract he wanted. He gets to live in California like he wanted. And he totally screwed the Steelers in the process like he wanted so he's public enemy number one right now. Let him sit. Make it happen. But, you know, it, it would not be in the Steelers' best interest to do that. They might as well just eat it and take, take the shot now. Um, they more or less put themselves into this position. But when the next year, when 2020 comes around, and obviously the, 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 the following two years after that where A.B. would have been under contract, you have a ton of free cap space. Um, finally, you will get that. You're just going to have to eat some of it right now. So how much of this do you think is really the Steelers' fault? Because I think people on Twitter try to over- oversimplify a very complex situation and how the Steelers lost A.B. and Le'Veon Bell really in the same calendar year. I don't know what they could have done with A.B. And they had a five-year contract. They made him the number one wide receiver. He still was a league-leading league receptionist, if we can call him that. TD-wise. What, yeah. what else could they? What could they have done? That's my opinion, too, because I, I want to be mad at somebody, and I am, and I will direct it fairly un, or, or unfairly. Some of this is out of my control. But when I looked at it, uh, when you and I were talking earlier today, I kind of came to the conclusion that what I blame Tomlin and Colbert and the Roonies for is giving up 45 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs. I blame them for losing games to sub-500, man, to hell, sub-300 teams during the regular season and affecting their playoff positioning. I blame them for squandering all the great chances they had during the Killer Bees era, which where you really saw a, an absolutely historic collection of talent on the offensive side of the ball that rivals really any team ever. You, you do think about the 70s Steelers, multiple Hall of Famers all over the field. You think about the greatest show on turf with the Rams. You think about a couple of Peyton Manning's Colts teams with Edron James, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, Peyton, Brandon Stokely, and all these guys with, with the depth. When you had Ben Roethlisberger, one of the top three lines in the NFL, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, Hall of Fame caliber players. Martavis Bryant was on the team. Eventually, Juju Smith-Schuster joined the team. Such unbelievable talent. And to me... Le'Veon and A.B. leaving, I I agree with you. I don't think that there's that much the Steelers could have done. I think Le'Veon Bell made an unprecedented move. They offered him a very big contract. Uh, fair in, in many senses of the word. Did it have the guarantees that he wanted or deserved? No, it did not. But the Steelers do have a history of paying those guarantees out, although it's totally his prerogative to leave, right? But – he did something that nobody else had really done before, and he actually sat out the whole season. I don't really blame on them for betting against that, especially when he said he would report, and he lied about that. 
So I don't totally blame them for that. And this with AB, it's like the guy just went rogue, man. He's trying to make some of this more about his relationship with Ben and Tomlin, and he is a prideful guy. But I do think there's sort of nothing they could do. Like you said, they forced their hand. And then the biggest one that we're not talking about as much right now is the Ryan Shazier injury. And, of course, no, that's nobody's fault. So that era of the team is sort of over, even though Ben and the line will carry us through the next uh, few years. But I, I can't blame the organization for losing these guys. I do blame them for squandering opportunities when they did have opportunities to to win and to make it all the way. Fair enough. Um, so let's move on to other news. And I don't know whether to, what order to do this. Should we just get all the bad news out of the way first? Or I'll just let me just package sort of the resignings and uh, Marcus Gilbert into one topic. No, that's, that's I, I think news. in net. Yeah, speaking well, of. I think the, in, net, it, in net, it does come out. Is a positive. Agreed. So Marcus Gilbert, cap casually, presumably, uh, will get a six-round pick from the Cardinals for him. But surprise uh, extension of Marquise Ponce's contract. And Ramon Foster. Two years Ramon Ramon Foster. Foster. And B.J. Finney got tendered with the second-round tender, which uh, all but, you know, ensures him staying on the Steelers. So, It sucks that we didn't even get a ham and cheese sandwich for Marcus Gilbert. We just got a cheese sandwich. They couldn't even put in the ham. I mean, this is the sixth rounder. Although the only thing better than the Steelers spiting Antonio Brown and making him rot on the bench for a year would be them picking the next Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Pick his cousin, Hollywood Brown. He's not going to last that long, and I don't want anything to do with that family anymore. But we said earlier that we really, truly believe the Steelers need to keep their strength a strength. They've lost so much this offseason with A.B. and Munchak and obviously not getting Shazier back for, for another year, obviously not getting Le'Veon Bell back for another year. But you need to keep your strengths a strength. They re-signed Tyson Alulu to solidify that defensive line, which is very solid. Love that. And they re-signed most of the offensive line. I don't know how I feel about the Steelers releasing Marcus Gilbert. They only save $4.9 million on the cap. But I guess they're trying to scrounge up $5 million everywhere that they can find it to hopefully make a run at a significant free agent. Obviously, Marcus Gilbert has played maybe half of the games in the past two years, and the Steelers really haven't missed a beat without him. Uh, Filer will take his spot. Filer is not nearly the player that Marcus Gilbert is because when he's healthy, he's a top five, top six tackle in the whole league. This is a guy who shut down Von Miller and multiple guys in one year. But – we got to say that we're happy that of all of those linemen, we only lost one and got a surprise extension for Pouncey. So what that tells me is that the Steelers are banking all in with this squad, with the Steelers squad. There's barely any salary cap room. They're not even going to have $20 million in available cap space to sign people. Compare that to the Indianapolis Colts who are first in the league with like $102 million. You don't have a lot of uh, leeway there. But basically what they're saying is, hey, we're going to keep this line together. We're keeping Ben in there and we're going to see if we can ride this out for the next couple of years. Because by the time those contracts are done with those linemen, that line is going to be very old. Yeah, and a, a surprise signing of Ramon Foster. People have been talking all season about this this perhaps being his last one. He um got a two year deal worth eight point two five million. Love it. We we've been saying all year, not just as fanboys, but just as like you know, he's a guard. He's not gonna command that high of a salary at the age that he is at. And your offensive line is only as good as its depth. 
the Steelers have been very fortunate and hope they, hopefully they continue to be fortunate going forward with the health of the offensive line. But even last year, they had to play a game with Finney and Filer in for Gilbert and Foster. So now that you have Foster, you have Finney as this great backup, uh, you know, either at guard or center. You got Filer there as the tackle. And then the Steelers look really smart for drafting Chooksakor for at tackle in the third round last year. So hopefully they'll be able to, to, to develop him without the help of Mike Munchak. But I love the move. I think that if you lost A, B, and the depth on this offensive line, you are really running a risk. Like what if Juju's out for a game and you've lost a couple linemen? It could fall apart. So great move in my opinion. Yeah, and don't forget, we might actually see Gerald Hawkins after two years. When he, Hopefully he's healthy this year, and it hopefully will add some depth if this a fourth-round pick in 2016. We'll see about that. I don't know about Hawkins, but hopefully they can develop Chooks without Munchak. Hopefully Sean Serrett or Serrett. Saray, as we want to call him, hopefully he can get the job done. Frenchy, Frenchy. What kind? Of, what, what do you bet that uh, Gerald Hawkins will make the team this year? I don't know. I, I I wouldn't put a lot of money on it, but whatever money I would use, I would use it on my bookie because my bookie offers betters in all major markets an entertaining lineup of gaming options. Will Antonio Brown ever make another Pro Bowl? No, 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 no. Will Derek Carr suck? Yes. Screw you. Anyways, they have a great mobile site that you can use. They got a sleek design, really. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Easy navigation. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. Visit mybookie.ag online today and don't forget to use that promo code Outpost25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid, bro. So March 13th is coming up. It's a big day for several things. Uh, up until from, from tomorrow, March 11th to the 13th, clubs are permitted to contact and enter their contract negotiations with agents of players who will be uh, UFAs. Um, free agency begins on the 13th. And that, my friend, is the day that um, the top 51 rule begins. So all clubs have to be under the 2019 salary cap by 4 p.m. that day. So we shall see. It should be interesting. I don't know. Maybe it'll answer some questions we have about what the Steelers are going to do in free agency. So I agree, and we should get a better sign of that now. I was actually just checking Twitter because you reminded me. We're looking at important dates. Today might be important, too. The the cutting of Morgan Burnett, which is, should save some cap space for those hypothetical signings. That's rumored to be happening. If not today, then very soon. And I don't know why I was waving at you. Sorry, there was, there was no reason why I was gesticulating that wildly. <laughs> but we're on Skype, everybody. And I don't know. I got very preachery with it, talking about cutting Morgan Burnett. But also Ben's extension is uh, is reported to be a mega deal, and it's supposed to be coming up soon. Hopefully that actually spreads some money out and, and makes some room for these guys. Um so th- that big news, I'm sure, will happen right after we release the podcast. But maybe I'll do an Instagram video for it. Uh, but I did see something that made my day here. John Walker IV. So that's the fourth, right? At Real John Walker on Twitter just made my day. He said, you remember that time Juju kicked that punter in the face? LOL. And he has the picture of AB kicking the Browns punter in the face, but he just crudely drew a 19 on the front of the jersey. And then he said, or the immaculate extension to win the division. And it's the picture of AB um, getting, you know, 
brought down by three or four Ravens and stretching the ball across the goal line to win the division on Christmas against the Ravens. But again, crudely drew a 19 for Juju Smith-Schuster's jersey number over there. <laughs> and I love it, man. Yeah, we're still childish when it comes to this stuff. It hurts. Those were the cool. I mean, AB has so many signature moments like that. So many snapshots that these photographers are unbelievable, by the way, to have these all documented so perfectly. Obviously, jumping on the goalpost against the Indianapolis Colts or twerking against the Redskins. But speaking of 19, I don't know if I said this already, but I I told you off air, I don't think I can refer to players by their name anymore. I don't think I can ever love again. It's not smart. My heart has been smashed into a thousand pieces by my second and third favorite players ever. So, you know, Juju, it's impossible not to love the guy. I mean, he's got to be the most likable player in the NFL, but I can't open my heart up like that again. So I might just have to go with 19. I mean, I think 19 is going to have a great season. 30 is going to look good running that ball. Now, Ben and and Cam and, and Marquise, they've already put in years of service. So even if they went away, do not let Ben get away under any circumstance they can have first name basis, but I, I feel like I have to protect myself. What if Juju goes rogue in a couple of years after he's the number one pay receiver? I don't, I don't know if I can do it again. There you have it. Well, this is a, this is an emotional show. It's not your stated objective news, but uh, we try as best we can. Uh, uh, Nicholas is very invested in this. Very invested. Quite. Yeah. I, however, say bye-bye AB. We've been promising for a few weeks to uh, do our draft preview, and you just got you just started the process. And I think you took a look at the wide receivers. We'll go into more depth next week, but you have at least one name to talk about. Yes, and I'm sorry, guys. I know we've been promising you over and over again that we're going to look at them. It's just been a little bit crazy in my life over here time-wise, and I really want to put the time into it to actually look at these guys and break them down um, by watching a bunch of their games and 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 not just regurgitating the same names to you guys. Uh, so I just got into it. I got some work done today, but I do um, – uh, by next week, I'm going to have a whole receiver group broken down for you guys. Since AB is gone, I figure that would be the best uh, group to go over first. And when I'm looking at these receivers – there are a couple really good slot receivers that are the, that the Steelers are rumored to look at, but I feel like that's not a need at all. First off, Juju's best position is the slot. He will play a bunch of outside receiver. He's going to be forced to do that. He did it last year a lot, um, but they will move him into the slot. Uh, he, he'll still be able to play there because he's so dominant in there. And besides him, you got Switzer and possibly Eli Rogers, who are both, as we know, excellent service of more than serviceable options for that position. So I'm not going to go too much in depth to the slot receivers. What I think the Steelers need to look at is either a burner. It's an outside guy, either someone who burns downfield and opens up the field for Juju. feels so weird. Usually you say opens up the field for AB. Interesting. Um, 84 opens up the field for 84, excuse me. But uh, we're looking for either burners or just some guy who's so polished that he can make volume catches, possession catches, uh, varied route tree, great route runner, but who can play on the outside. That's what we desperately need. So one of the first guys I looked at is Hakeem Butler, the giant receiver from Iowa State. I think he's 6'4". He's a huge guy, big body receiver who has the ability to make downfield plays and comeback catches, and he just – he's incredibly fast and incredibly quick for his size. And I don't remember what the quarterback's name there was, but at number 15, he's a true freshman quarterback, awesome athlete, scrambled around, made a lot of plays. 
but you can't help but feel like we didn't even see what Hakeem Butler's real potential could be. He is like, he's in that Martavis Bryant mold, but if Martavis Bryant could do more than just run straight. So he just incredibly good speed, makes downfield catches, but also can make like little cuts on tiny in routes or out routes. And he's very good on the comeback route. If he goes, you know, he can scare you with his deep speed, which is what we need to open things up for Juju for 19. And off of that, when you have a receiver with great speed, you want to see them be able to run that comeback too. So they can scare the guy off, start running them deep, stop, pull up on a dime and come back to the quarterback. And sometimes that can be unbeatable. If you guys remember when Mike Wallace was here, that's all he got, goes and comebacks, but it's very effective. He's got good timing on like back shoulder catches downfield, but he doesn't always catch like with his arms extended out in the air. So I'd say the positives, he's huge. He's a great athletic prototype. He's very fast. He makes catches down the field. That's what we're looking for. But he has a little bit more ability to run more of a full route tree as opposed to the Mike Wallace, Martavis Bryant, or Sammy Coates, who all had you know, good degrees of success with the Steelers. The only thing about him is he does have a catch of the drops, like all of those guys. It, uh, if you're fat, if you're that fast, I guess you can't catch. God won't give you both, will he? It always seems like those fast guys have a case of the drops, which he does too. And I just would like to see him use that giant body more often. I also feel like when you see those big receivers, it's like the big guys who are playing pickup basketball and all they want to do is shoot threes. Sometimes I see him block a, a guy, a linebacker, a receiver out of frame and just destroy the guy and keep going at him when he's on the ground. And sometimes I see him totally whiff. And sometimes when the ball is downfield, I wish I would see him jump up and rip it away from people more than, you know, just catching it against his body. But he is a potential late first round guy. I don't know if he would last all the way to the Steelers pick in the second, but he's got to keep, a, uh, keep an eye on Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. You know, I guess that the numbers we have in them now are correct because this isn't coming from the Iowa State website. Um, he's 6'6". Oh, he is 6'6". There you go. Yeah, yeah, we could just throw jump balls in if he could just catch it. I mean, the, his strength seems to be contested balls and just yeah. you just have to hold on to them. Yeah, and he's really good at timing it. When I watch the film and I watch about four games, so I, I probably end up watching more once I finish with the other receivers, a bunch of his downfield catches were kind of like that back shoulder thing where he he timed it well. And he, but he would spin around and kind of basket catch it instead of the way that you've seen Juju do a lot this year where he will spin around and jump up and grab it at its highest point. I uh, just would like to see a little bit more of that from him, but it looks like he has all the athletic tools to be able to do so. And it's crazy that a guy that that, of that height can actually make cuts. We usually don't see that. So Hakeem Butler is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. That would be a pretty sweet snag for the Steelers. I just don't know where they would pick him. All right, I know you have to get to work, so we're going to get out of here. Love to get your feedback as usual. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter. A lot of Twitter action going on. Please join us. Follow us at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on the website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.